This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, October 20th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who just seems a little different today, Jerem Jordan. You, you look, what's, what's you look different? good. You look different. Is, is there something new? Did did you freshen up the haircut? Did I took you... a shower finally. Congratulations. Um, no, I didn't get a haircut. Uh, we, we have new shorter mics now. Uh, we're, we're less in the giraffe game now. Okay. Right? Yeah, a little, like little shorter, a little more versatile. Yeah. We've trimmed up the microphone uh, arm length. Yeah, it only took three years. <laughs> we figured it out. <laughs> we think. All good. Uh, your All show good. lineup features, yes, new microphones in Studio B and what BYU football hopes is a new attitude and, more importantly, a new result compared to the last two games. What is BYU football playing for exactly over the last five regular season games. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, will give his opinion on that matter and what type of opponent mentality he expects to show up from Washington State, who just fired their head coach. Plus, Deep Blue with Tyler Algier focuses on the hero who drives his hard work and humility a loaded Show. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football preps for Washington State in the Battle of the Cougars Saturday afternoon. Head coach Klein Stocky says BYU needs to be up for this game regardless of the coaching situation in Pullman. We can't assume that they're not going to be ready. They're going to be ready and they're going to be motivated to play. And uh, we've been there before. We see how that can elevate your style of play. And we just need to make sure that we're ready to go when, when it's time to go. Maybe it's a Las Vegas Raiders situation where Gruden goes out, craziness, right? They showed up against Denver. Who knows? BYU's got to be ready, says Klein's talking. BYU in Washington State, pregame coverage on BYU Radio, 1.30 Eastern Saturday and 2 Eastern on BYU TV. These 90-minute countdowns, baby, there are a bunch of them. Got to love it. And BYU's got to keep the undefeated mark against the Pac-12 alive. Let's go. The now former and recently fired Washington State head coach, Nick Rolovich, and his lawyer are taking legal action against the university for what Rolovich is calling an illegal termination. He accuses Washington State Athletic Director Pat Chun of discriminatory and vindictive behavior. This is just beginning, and it's not pretty. Well, luckily, it's not a distraction. Uh, what? The BYU offensive line is one of 19 units being considered for the Joe Moore Award given to the nation's most outstanding O-line by the Foundation for Teamwork. Also, ESPN names freshman Campbell Barrington, a midseason true freshman All-American. BYU women's soccer moves up three spots in the latest United Soccer Coaches poll to number 12. The Cougars face San Francisco on the road tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Listen on BYU Radio 107.9 FM and the BYU Cougars app. And BYU women's hoops superstar Shayla Gonzalez has been named to the Becky Hammond Player of the Year watch list. Given to the mid-major Player of the Year, Gonzalez was the co-West Coast Conference Player of the Year last year. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. BYU football 5-2 and two after back-to-back losses. What? The Cougars three spots out of the latest top 25 poll. Reeling a bit, understandably, after that loss against Boise State and then Baylor. 
So with two losses now on the schedule officially, Jerem, at this point, what is BYU football playing for in the final five regular season games? Nothing. Hang it up. It's a, no, of course, it's time to play for it. Uh, to finish ranked. That's what BYU is playing for. In independence, in a normal year, non-COVID year, right? BYU had an amazing year last year. In a sort of regular type of season, normal season, BYU's not finished in the AP Top 25. So that is up for grabs. That's something BYU hasn't done in a decade. Let's go. 10-3 and three would probably do that. 11-2 and two certainly would. Uh, probably top 20 at that point. It'd be the first AP poll top 25 finish since 2009. That'd be awesome. 5-0 and versus the Pac-12 is up for grabs. 4-0 and versus the Pac-12 South is up for grabs. That would be four of the five teams, or of the six, right? Um, preseason top 25 next year is up for grabs as well. If BYU finishes 10-3 and three and returns uh, starting quarterbacks, then... Yeah, you're probably a top 25 team in a lot of places. Receiving votes at the worst. That'd be fun, right? Um, Showing you're ready to compete in the Big 12 with an overall season. I'm not talking just the Baylor game. Obviously, if you only looked at that, it's like, oh, he's not ready. It was one game. If you can go 10-3 and against seven power fives, guess what? Massive step forward for this program to, to feel like, okay, we can be in the upper crust of the Big 12 when we get in there. Um, and, and also, what BYU is playing for is to, in a normal season again, to be in the college football playoff rankings. Outside of last year, BYU had not been in them ever. So getting ranked in that in a non-COVID, regular Power 5 kind of schedule, actually it's like beefed up, right? It's a plus schedule, would be great. So to me, there's still a lot to play for. I'm hoping BYU can go at least 4-1 and one in the back five, get that bowl game, Finished with 10 wins, man. That'd be hey, awesome. At least the Associated Press still recognizes BYU's as a top 11 finish last year, right? I know it was the COVID scenario, but... Yeah, I'm just saying, like, yes, that was an asterisk in the history of BYU sports, right? Uh, football. In this kind of beefed-up schedule, yeah, let's go. Sure. Is that for everybody else, though? So, like, does last year's national champion and the teams that finished ahead of BYU, do they have an asterisk next to them as well? No, I'm just looking at history with BYU. I know that okay. last year was legit. Yes, but it wasn't a normal season for the Big Ten and the Pac-12. BYU got this head start. It was awesome. BYU took advantage. I'm not, I'm not lessening it. I'm just saying it has a unique place in history. It doesn't fit with all the other seasons. Sure, my point is that BYU has a chance, technically speaking, to finish, even with an asterisk, back-to-back seasons in the top 25, which hasn't happened since 2008 and 2009. Yeah, right? scientific fact, undebatable. Yeah, no, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so I love that BYU is still playing for that and that they're only three spots out of the top 25. The way things have gone this season in college football, other than Georgia, like BYU could beat Washington State, and there could be seven teams that lose in the top 25 again, and the Cougars be back in the top 25 this week. It's been I that crazy. That. I expect that scenario to play out. It's, it's happening every week. So BYU could be a ranked team again, even after the two losses, if they show up and play well against Washington State. Certainly, if they beat Washington State and then win what you're calling the Bronco Bowl, the Bronco Bowl. on October 30th yeah. and get to 7-2, and two, yeah. and they've got five power five wins at that point. It's awesome. Yes, BYU's in the ESPN conference as an independent, and being ranked is the way that we look at relevance for BYU football. So if you get ranked, which might happen at the end of this week, great. You know, you're pushing back in the right direction. I jokingly said that BYU's playing for a de facto Pac-12 South title still. No, we aren't joking. I know you got some backlash. You're not joking. Don't shy <laughs> no, away from it. No, I am it, joking because it's no, not real. It's not no, real. When you, de facto is real. No, no, no. Yes. De facto, does mean, it means not real. It means yeah. not legitimate. No, I know. BYU's playing for the de facto Pac-12 okay. title. That is true. It's not real. We know they're not in the Pac-12. Yes, that's yeah, the satire. It's true. That Don't is shy the away satire. From it. 
I'm, I'm shy, telling you it's that. It's great. Don't shy away from it. We will we will hang a de facto Pac-12 South banner. Yes. Yes, it is it's, satire. It is absolutely. satire. Absolutely. Don't Absol- let a couple of youths get you down. We're good. <laughs> Not that. It's just, it's, it is satire. We love it. We embrace it. Uh, They're still playing for it, right? Yes. Everyone knows BYU's not the best. Washington State, USC on the schedule. Yes. BYU's never won four Power 5 games in a season. Never four, because they probably didn't play four hardly ever, you know. They've never won four. Well, they played Outside seven in 2000. Yeah, and Outside independence, independence. they've done it a bunch, right? Yes, the last 10 years are exceptional. They've right? never yeah. won four Power 5 games in the last decade, and they have an opportunity to do that on Saturday. They've already Let's got go. three. Yes, so if they're BYU, playing for history. If BYU lose to Washington State, now there's massive concern. I think part of the fan base right now is, is notably concerned the way the last two weeks have gone. I am not at that level quite yet. I expect BYU to beat Washington State. Um, and be back in the top 25 or, like, right out of it at 26. Um, I expect BYU to play well the rest of the season. I feel like the last two weeks were exceptional, not normal. Um, I still think BYU is a good team. I never thought BYU was going to be a playoff contender. Um, You know, I said two weeks ago, there are two losses still there. I hate that they happen the next two weeks. But you're going to lose. You were going to lose at some point. I still think there's one more loss in the Final Five for BYU somewhere. Um, I hope it's not this week, though. I hope it's not this week. A 10-win season matters. A double-digit win season matters for BYU football, especially 100%. because coming into the season, a bunch of the players led by Uriah Leatawa were saying, look, we need to prove that last year wasn't a fluke, that it wasn't just about the cupcake schedule. Like, we're legit. We, yeah. can, we can play with Power 5 teams. We have a lot to prove. To me, they already have done that. Post-Zach Wilson, we've got a lot yes. to prove. They, I think BYU still has work to do, obviously. But to me, they have checked that box. They've proved that last year was not an anomaly, an exception. It was awesome. And BYU's, BYU, to me, BYU built on that. Well, wait, they have two losses. They only have one loss last year. It's a different schedule. It's a different group. It really is. So this, this team has played really well. Obviously, the last two weeks haven't gone the Cougars' way. But at 5-2 and two and just outside the top 25 and three power five wins, this is what I was hoping for um, you know, in the offseason, was that BYU would start to play big boy ball, right? And they have. Yes, they got pushed around Saturday. I'm not talking about singular games. I'm talking about the collective of seven that we have seen so far. I know that the season now feels like it's been relegated to a degree that BYU is playing for the Independence Bowl. That's where they have the bowl tie-in. I get it. But ESPN owns, last I checked, 16 bowl games. And if BYU is a ranked team, in the top 20, and they have 10 regular season wins, let's say that they do what is statistically unlikely and they run the table from here on out, and they're 10-2 and two at the end of the regular season. ESPN has liberty if other bowl game spots are they not also have filled liberty. Yeah. by Power 5 teams that are locked into these games through contracts. If there are open spots, the Cougars can move into a different bowl game, or they can move somebody else that's maybe a higher caliber opponent to play BYU in the Independence Bowl. There, there are a lot how, how of moving pieces. How many feathers do they want to ruffle? So in 2015, BYU essentially took Wyoming's spot from the Mountain West in the Vegas Bowl. So it just depends what ESPN wants to do. Now, the most likely scenario is Independence Bowl. The second most likely is the other contractual other game, Guaranteed Rate Bowl, which is cheez Bowl. So there could be other bowl games in the mix. Yeah, the Idaho the Potato chances Bowl. chances are, right, that situation too. The chan- oh, Very exciting. The, the chances are that it's Indy or Guaranteed Rate, but we'll see. And, yes, when BYU's in the Big 12, we're going to know Big 12 tie-ins, X, Y, Z, A, B, C. 
EFG. They may have okay. that many, right? Okay. We, then we'll kind of know, like, okay, you're fighting for maybe a better bowl game, better opponent, more money. Because what do you? We, we talk about this every year, but what do you want out of a bowl game as a BYU fan? I want a is compelling it opponent? matchup. I want a is compelling it matchup. Location? Is it mm. the money BYU gets? Like, to I think matchup probably would win that Twitter poll. Right, it's all about because if you're not going to the game, you don't really care where the game is played. Per you want to see a, you want to watch two good yeah. teams play football. Yes, if we're taking the show to the game, which we typically have, then I care about the location. I think Shreveport would be awesome. Never been to that part of Louisiana. That'd be sweet. I know it's unique and whatever. Phoenix would be fun too. Great BYU fan base in the valley there. That'd be awesome. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Two weeks ago, we were saying BYU could be bowl eligible today. That could happen Saturday. Yeah, they could be bowl eligible. They, does the, does the bowl Independence eligible? Bowl show up in Pullman? They're like, hey! And make history with the most power five <laughs> wins they've ever had in a season. Beat Washington State, who don't have a head coach right now. And the guy who called the plays over the last three wins, their offensive coordinator, he's gone too. Yeah, the D.C. is the, the interim. A lot on the line. BYU still playing for, as we have chronicled, top 25 finish for a second consecutive year. Perhaps a better bowl game scenario or opponent if they are ranked. Double-digit win season. Of course, pride's on the line. You don't want to lose three games in a row. Well, San Jose State, you know, has that, so it's all good. <laughs> okay. Every FBS team has that. Even UConn has that. Hey, our question <laughs> of the day. With five games remaining in the regular season, what is BYU playing for over those final five? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is... The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Mark Stroud answers on Instagram. We're playing for the Pac-12 South Championship. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Playing for an undefeated record against the five Pac-12 opponents. Not de facto. BYU has entered the Pac-12 <laughs> and will technically be in the Pac-12. No. At Steven56205625 on Twitter. You can change your handle. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> What there were there were there were five six two zero five six two four amounts of Stevens. No denying. He had that. to go to that number. No denying. You that. thought I'm that was a choice. He can change. He can change his handle. <laughs> Final top twenty-five ranking. Do this, and it does two things. Okay. One, submit this as one of the great seasons in BYU history. Great, not G- special. Given the Power Five amount, I, I get that argument. Great, not special. He says. Yeah. Two, make this team believe that with returning starters, next year's team can be special, and do serious business against a tough schedule. It's less tough next year. Weirdly, it is. We think, right? We think. Well. Yeah. Based on what the teams are doing on, this year. On quantity, but yeah. No, there's some tough to Notre Dame and Oregon. Both away from Provo, right? Those two those those two games are tougher than any two games on this year's schedule to me. Yeah, what are those yeah. teams next year? Is because What's Arkansas? Arkansas's good, but they got blown out two weeks ago, right? Arkansas was kind of like BYU. Got out to a really fast start, flew up the rankings, and now they've lost yeah. three games in a row. Yeah. I hope BYU's not Arkansas. Okay. There's a little... Yeah, I, I see the analogy. Not quite that level, hopefully. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay. What are they playing for over the last five? Yeah. Coming up, should we be asking Samson Nakua for fashion advice? Always. Always, if you especially look at what he had on last night during the Kalani Satake show. Plus, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, had a great seat of what Samson Nakua was wearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'll join us from San Francisco as he prepares to call BYU soccer. And, of course, we're going to discuss what in the world we expect at Washington State without their head coach. This is BYU Sports Nation.
This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Basketball. Coming up tomorrow, BYU Men's Basketball. Media Day, two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation. We'll talk to Mark Pope, Alex Barcelo, Caleb Loner, and others to preview the season. Noon Eastern on BYU Radio, BYU TV, baby. I can't wait for fans to be able to watch BYU play basketball, not through their Zoom screens. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> right? Yeah, last year was weird, obviously. Uh, we are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Granted, you're watching us through screens now, and we appreciate or, or that. Or listening. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Let's get back to our Twitter question while we have a moment. Just because there are so many great responses coming in, what does BYU have to play for over the last five regular season football games? They're 5-2. and two. Caleb Hatch on Instagram says, hopefully six Power 5 wins and a 10-win overall season. I'm there because I think BYU drops one of these three Power 5s left. I don't know which one. They're all winnable. I would... I. I feel like BYU should win all three. We're just playing the numbers, right? Um, six Power 5 wins would be amazing, Spencer. Six and one. Are you kidding me? And then 10 wins against this schedule? At the beginning of the season, we both said we're expecting eight, hoping for nine. We're beyond that. Like, nine would be fine. Even but with back-to-back I'll, losses, right? still above that. Still a hope for that, which yeah. is pretty incredible. This has been an overachievement. I know BYU pulled a Connor Mance and went out 5-0, right? Ranked 10th. And we're like, whoa! Um, but the, the, the regression to the mean has happened uh, with the season. And that's okay. There's still a ton to play for. At the Hunch Bunch. or Sorry, the Hutch Bunch on Twitter. You feel like... They could change that, or are you cool with that? No, I'm cool with that. I feel just, like there's been Steven there, there's it. been some <laughs> real thought put into the Hutch bunch, but not Stephen five six two zero five six two five. Correct. I feel like that was very calculated as well. Probably a password for Stephen. Who knows? I hope it's not a password because he's giving it out to everybody. All right. We continue with the Hutch bunch on Twitter. Quote: Playing for the Pac-12 South banner. For a great record that any of us would have taken at the beginning of the season. Yep. Playing for pride in the Bronco Bowl. Yep. Let's go. The possibility of a more prestigious bowl. Uh, what? Prestigious? No, there's no prestige beyond the New Year's Six and the Capital One Bowl and the Holiday Bowl. To me. Is They're all m- kind of the same. Okay, so the Independence Bowl is the same as everything else unless yeah. you're a New Year's Six? Or the Capital One Bowl or Holiday. Okay. And I guess Alamo. Alamo is a little elevated. But there, there's, there are tiers of bowl games, but there's a massive group of most of okay. them that BYU will be in. Yeah. Okay, so a better bowl Not game really. opponent maybe? Give me UTSA or Coastal Carolina if like, they're undefeated. Like the bowl game isn't prestigious that BYU is going to go to. The bowl game yeah. isn't. But maybe the opponent's better. Yeah. They continue, but mostly the guys are playing for each other in Cougar Pride. There's always that. Even San Jose State has that. Don't forget. Joining us now is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell from San Francisco via Zoom as he prepares to call 12th-ranked BYU women's soccer at USF tonight on BYU Radio. He'll be in Pullman, Washington this Saturday for BYU football. Greg, uh, let's start in the first location. How's the Bay Area forecast today? Uh, forecast is for 50s and precipitation. And right now it's 50s and precipitation. So. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, the wallpaper there in the hotel. That's that's quite the uh, splotchy design. 
Yeah, you know, I whenever I end up on the road and doing these hits with you guys, we, we got to just, you know, take what comes for the background, right? And and, and this is not and, a Zoom and today's choice. background. Today's back, background <laughs> motif is uh, a little splotchy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, the, and the color hey, scheme is right, though. It's kind of that, that matters. Color. I like that. Yeah. All right, Greg. Uh, of course, again, soccer tonight, but let's focus on football. And specifically, what type of Washington State team do you expect to show up on Saturday afternoon against BYU after Wazoo fires head coach Nick Rolovich and four assistants yesterday? Including Mark Weber. Including, yeah. And, and you know, Kalani brings up a great point uh, last night on the coaches show. BYU was in a similar, not identical, but a similar boat for a couple of big games last year. Um, they were missing, let's just say, you know, not entirely accurate, but close to half a staff for the Boise State game and the UCF bowl game due to COVID protocols, protocols last year. So BYU went into those two pretty big games having to kind of, you know, reshuffle assignments and, and make some, some last-minute adjustments with guys they thought would be there and weren't. Again, not exactly apples to apples here, but you can see how teams respond and staffs respond and duties shift. And what did BYU do in those two games? Like lights out, right? So what you have to do is expect Washington State's, uh, you know, efforts to be redoubled and don't be surprised if they come on out and look good. Um, Again, everything says they shouldn't, but let's keep in mind, defensive play caller, still there. Offensive co-OC, Still there, and I'll grant that his play calling duties were taken away a few weeks ago, but he'd been doing it to start the season. Now they were struggling then, we're playing better now without him doing it, but he's back to doing it. You you can get by with those guys having done their jobs and are doing the same jobs they've done. So, you know, it would be wrong to to say that or presume that the program is going to fall apart here uh, before the BYU game because BYU's shown how it can be done. Now, missing the head man is a big deal, clearly. Um, maybe some players, you know, might take a little longer this week to get themselves mentally right where they need to be. So there could be some lag from individuals here and there. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is I'm looking at what BYU had to deal with and showed how they could deal with it and saying, don't be surprised if Wazoo figures out a way to look like a decent football team on Saturday. Yeah. And it almost reminds me of 2013 Washington Marcus Tuias Sopo's head coach in the Fight Hunger Bowl, and they showed up in that one. 2015, a lot of drama on campus uh, with Missouri. The game's neutral, but Gary Pinkle says he's stepping down at the end of the year. Missouri won that game. So, yeah, hopefully BYU shows them plays well. And I think we agree that BYU is likely going to bounce back in this one, given the way the last two weeks have played out, that this Cougar team is motivated down the back five to finish strong because, like we've been talking about, there's a lot to play for for BYU still. Yeah. And, and to, to get to that point, but, but to, to finish up the previous point, you referenced, uh, you know, the bowl game with the interim coach, you know, a couple of NFL teams just last week uh, didn't have their head coaches there um, or, and or play callers there on the sidelines. And both those teams won games, Arizona Cardinals minus Kingsbury, Las Vegas with a new coach minus the Gruden thing on a weird week for Vegas. So yeah, teams find a way. Now, BYU in bounce-back mode, absolutely. I mean, back-to-back losses. Let's just say right now, you guys would agree, I think Baylor's the best team they've played this year, right? Um, That was a really really good football team, and BYU got really, um, you know, challenged up front, both lines of scrimmage for sure, and the injuries on the D-line did not help at all uh, for BYU last week. And, And being down a couple of offensive linemen, again, still didn't help at all last week. So if offensive line health returns, 
they might not still be entirely where they need to be on the D line right now. But I really do think there's that there's that bounce back mentality that has to help at this point. And I think, you know, you you, you can expect to maybe put some heat on Wazoo um, in areas that might challenge them in a week of turmoil. Uh, and and uh, maybe that's part of the game plan as well for BYU uh, this weekend. But you know it, it, it's it's frying pan to the fire in a lot of ways because you got you've got to play well here because on the flip side of it, and they don't look you know beyond this week. But you've got you've got Bronco and one of the best and most explosive offenses in the country uh, coming into your place the next week, and so um, you don't want to see things start going you know truly sideways here. And so I think it's a big week in a lot of ways because of what comes right after too. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubella, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. He's in San Francisco getting set to call BYU women's soccer. We'll talk about the 12th-ranked Cougars in that regard in just a moment. But let's continue on with this bounce-back opportunity for BYU football, Greg. They take on Washington State again uh, with a chance to win their fourth Power 5 game, which has never happened in an individual season, certainly not in independence. What else is BYU playing for besides a little bit of history this Saturday and for the remainder of the season over the final five games? Yeah, interesting note, too, that um, fifth game against Wazoo, right? But all f- n- none of the previous four have been in Pullman. So uh, the first time they played was in a bowl game down in San Diego, and then it was back-to-back home games when you could do that kind of thing back in the uh, late 80s and 90s <laughs> and uh, against a Pac-12 or Pac-10 opponent back then. And then, um, and then you had the game in 2012 to open the season, the first game of the Mike Leach era. Uh, in Provo, so fifth game, but first in Pullman. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of interesting, and um, and I forget what you even said after that. No, no, uh, that's Spencer. okay. I mean, they're they're, they're playing for they're playing for a fourth Power Five win, but oh what yeah, else? what are they playing for? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I I think it's uh, it's 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 ten wins. It's it's to get ranked. It's to uh, you know play in and win your bowl game. So there you know there there's some things still in play. Uh, you know the the bar kind of moves right when you're when you're, when you're an independent. You, you stay perfect as long as you can. And that first loss comes and you say, well, we can stay in the, in, in the NY six mix. If we kind of win out at this point, stay a one loss team. Then the second loss comes. Then you realize, well, we're probably trying to, trying to play for that sixth win, get bowl eligible, try and find double digits and play and win a bowl game. So the, you know, the, the targets kind of move around a little bit when you're an independent, that's kind of where BYU's at right now. They've got the two losses trying to right the ship and make sure they get to a good place here because we all know, they're, you know that they're, that they're playing at a bowl game. I mean, like that, that that sixth win is there, and that seventh win is likely already there. Those are kind of gimmies, um, and so you're going to be a bowl eligible team. You already know where you're going to go and what conference you're going to play, unless something unusual happens. I mean, a BYU to get on a, uh, get on a crazy roll and 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 finish without any more losses. There could be some reshuffling, but for the most part, you're kind of ticketed for where you're going. So things are out there that kind of say uh, there are some bars yet to reach, and I kind of I think we hit them. Yeah. To me, this season is validating not only last year, but that BYU could handle a Power 5 schedule. And BYU is going to play a few more Power 5s, obviously. And here we are two years away, right? Under two years, I guess, uh, for BYU to the Big 12. Now, the Baylor game was an individual game. That's not what I'm referring to for those who are going to come at me on Twitter. I'm talking the full seven. It feels like, okay, yes, if BYU can be an 8-plus win team in the Big 12 regularly and occasionally challenge for the title in a special season – now we're talking about the football that we're hoping BYU is going to be able to play in the Big 12. What have you seen from this season in regards to sort of validating what we felt like BYU was, but now has a chance at of showing, okay, when we play a bunch of Power Fives, we can do okay. Yeah, well, I still feel that that they 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 showed by the way they started the season, 
uh, and even how, how, how they competed against Baylor, that they're going to be in a, a good fit. They're not going to be fish out of water um, yet. I think Kalani alluded to this, too, on his show last night. You know, when you go from, you know, high level G5, which Utah was to, to, to P5, there's that there's that learning curve and, and feeling out period where you don't just step right in and win titles. Uh, and so there has to be expected kind of that that ramp up to where you're to where you are, where you want to be and need to be. But I don't think it'll take BYU a ton of time to get there. In fact, I think even these two years of transition will be helpful in getting BYU into a spot where they can compete immediately to be in the mix in the Big 12. But there's no doubt that that what BYU saw down on the weekend in Waco on both lines of scrimmage is a pretty decent indicator of the kind of line play you need to compete in and win games in, in the Big 12. Um, we'll all be fascinated to see um, what it's like when uh, when when Baylor takes on uh, Oklahoma um, and to a lesser extent, Texas, uh, although Texas is kind of in the middle of the pack right now with their losses. We want to see where Baylor goes from here, because our belief is, you know, that that's the best team BYU's played and a team that, you know, could challenge some of the best teams in the Big 12 after a two and seven season last year overall. So let's see how Baylor does. That's a pretty good indicator. That said, I want to go back to this point. I thought BYU was kind of into a game that became a bit of a shootout after that first quarter. And, and really was a matter of just answering scores. And, and you look back at it and, and BYU missed a field goal um, on a possession they had inside the 40 uh, after a sack, they ended up taking a long field goal, missed it. They had a strip sack giveaway when they were going in the other way. You know, those are two point scoring opportunities that, you know, had they resulted in touchdowns or points of any kind, you would have kind of hung around a little longer. Things flipped pretty weirdly and quickly with the strip sack, the onside kick. Those are kind of sudden change moments. But I don't felt like BYU was outclassed, uh, blown out, uh, not competitive at Baylor at all. Um, and, and yes, you allow 303 rushing, you're probably going to lose that game. By the same token, guys. If you average seven plus yards per play on offense, which BYU did, pretty good. And if you're 174 and pass, and, and if you're 174 and pass efficiency, which BYU was, you expect to win that game. They moved the ball. They moved the ball with big plays against speedy defenders. They were in the game. It was a sudden change game, and those things we just talked about kind of took it where it went. But it wasn't like, oh, this is something they're going to have to really have to adjust to. They'll be they'll be good, and they'll be right there. Cougars will try and snap that back-to-back losing streak when they take on Washington State. Okay, now to BYU women's soccer, up to number 12 in the latest United Soccer Coaches poll. The Cougars taking on San Francisco tonight. We know how explosive they have been at home. Greg, what do you expect from the offense, and how many goals should we anticipate tonight on the road at San Francisco? Well, I... I I haven't personally called a win yet at San Francisco. Um, I've made two trips here and they were both losses in 2015 and 2017. So my, my, my personal recollections aren't great here. Um, and you're and, a big jinx and, guy and BYU, too. What's that? And you're a big jinx guy too. Oh yeah. I'm all about that. I'm saying <laughs> I haven't experienced, I haven't experienced what it's like to win a game here yet. It, at BYU comes here. They play lower scoring games. Um, again, they, they've won, they won the last one here. I didn't do that one in 2019. I got 15 and 17. And those, were, I think, were both 2-1 losses, I think. Um, anyway, so, so BYU's not played some of its best soccer in this venue. Um, but what has happened is the Cougars have gone on the road already in league and opened at Gonzaga when the Zags were ranked and beat them 6-1. That was a game BYU needed to show they could take what was happening at Southfield and translate it a bit because they hadn't won a road game 
before that night, and they haven't played a road game since that night. But that one, they can really kind of hang their hat on a little bit and say, that's who we are. We showed who we are when we went back home and did the same thing to the next three teams. I mean, they've they've played four WCC games, plus 23 in goal differential in four games, 25 to two. This team is rolling right now. I mean, they're, they're playing incredible offensive soccer. And so what I want to see, what I'm personally hoping for, is is that 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 it that it swings over to, to 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 the Bay Area tonight, and they play that kind of game in a venue where historically it's lower scoring and not great results, and so um, you know not truly a monkey on the back situation uh, because they have I think I think they've won nine of eleven meetings against USF all time, but at this particular venue, playing their best soccer and highest scoring soccer hasn't always been the mo. So I'd like to see that tonight, but it's just crazy how prolific this team is right now. I think fifteen different players have scored on this roster right now. Um, you know, it comes from all over and to have two, you know, dynamic players like Kayla and Cam with, with the numbers they've put up just ridiculous numbers for two players on the same team. Uh, this team is rolling right now. And, and this is as high as ranked as they've as, as highly ranked as they've been all season, even after suffering a pretty tough loss at home before league play began. So they got ramped up in a hurry and it's fun to watch these, uh, this team right now uh, just, uh, just lighting it up. Greg Rubel is in San Francisco. You can listen to him live on BYU Radio 107.9 FM and the BYU Cougars app tonight, 10 Eastern, 8 p.m. Mountain Time. Greg, thanks for the time. Great to talk with you. Always a pleasure. See you guys. All Go right. Cougs. No jinxes. No jinxes. No. No jinxes. Uh, nation's number one uh, scoring team right now. Yep. BYU women's volleyball. Number uh, one soccer. scoring. Amazing. Offense. And women's volleyball is not bad either. They're probably volleyball scoring roughly 25 points a game when they win, too. <laughs> Coming up, Deep Blue featuring Tyler Algier and his relationship with his grandpa. And is Baylor Romney an underappreciated quarterback? Well, he showed up on a top 10 list somewhere. Details next is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU football with Kalani Sitake is available on demand. Watch Gregor Bell, the coach Kalani Sitake, of course. Uh, talk uh, Baylor, talk Washington State, Nakua Brothers in the studio, Deep Blue featuring Tyler Algier, which is coming up on this very program. And the film room with Malik Moore. It's available on demand on the BYU TV app. He is Jeremiah M. Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms. There are five primary platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it! The Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Uh, assistant producer of the program, Big Game Boomer, has Baylor Romney as the ninth best quarterback in the nation. Should he be higher? No, it's fine. Whatever. Like, <laughs> what are the metrics that go into this? As long as Baylor's in the top ten, yeah, it, it makes sense. I mean, Spencer Rattler's number four because he's a backup quarterback now. He's now. A backup. Cam Crazy. Rising is Cam Rising a backup quarterback at Utah's number five? I thought he was He's the starter, the starter now. now. So you got to take him on the list. Maybe Baylor should be number eight. Zach Cal- <laughs> nice. Zach Calzada of Texas A&M who beat Alabama is third. He's the starter. Um, okay, so he no. should be number seven. No, he shouldn't be higher. It's fine. Top ten backup. That's great. You always want your backup yes. to be you know ready to go. G five killer, dude. That's what Baylor Romney is. Fantastic. Maybe he'll get a shot at a power five one day. Where's Jarrett Garantano? <laughs> <laughs> Remember how he's not the quarterback? Yeah, Last night on BYU Football with Kalani Satake, the Nakua brothers joined the show. They brought the energy. And Samson Nakua, uh, he wore something special. Greg Rubel asked him about it. 
<laughs> what is up with this tonight? Man, it, it, it's getting cold out there, you know. Yes, so. it is. <laughs> I want to stay as much as I can in bed, so I want to be comfortable at all times. You know, you got the comfy, so I was like, I got to get it. I got to bust it out today. Jerem, would you rock the comfy? The pink one? Yeah. Heck yeah, dude. I wouldn't rock it like Samson. He's got way more swag than I do, but yeah, that thing looks so comfortable. <laughs> I I wear a lot of things that are loud and kind of out there. I don't know if I can pull that one off. Oh, pulling it off is a very different question, Spencer. Would I rock it? Would I wear it? That's different if than I would I wear it If I can't pull it, it well. off, then I probably won't wear it. But yeah, I mean, who says it's public? <laughs> Why would can't you wear it, just... it publicly? Yeah, you would wear that yeah. publicly in 2021. Okay, you can wear any color. It's great. <laughs> Where do you place more blame on the losses the last two weeks? I'm shocked we got to Wednesday with this question. This should have been trending on Monday. Afternoon kicks or Navy helmets? Oh, it's all about the Navy helmets. The Navy burn the Navy, Jerem. How dare not, you? Not the military. Put down the Kenya uniforms and the. <laughs> Oh. Burn the Navy uniforms. No more men. No, it's ridiculous. It's not about uniforms. We've been Wait, down this what? road before. You've destroyed multiple threads of We've cougar boards. We've been board. down this road before. Like the all-whites were the cursed uniforms. Now the all-whites are beloved because BYU is winning in them, and they're playing in the all-whites this Saturday. The all-whites have a name State. and a blessing, Spencer. They do? From Dr. Nixon. The oh. Stormtrooper. Oh, the Stormtrooper. That's what he Sorry, called it. Bad. I okay. like that. Okay. Except hopefully Jaron Hall is more accurate than the Stormtrooper this Saturday. No, if anything, like maybe the afternoon kicks because BYU was used to kind of a night schedule. Maybe that's a factor, but... Is BYU nocturnal? No. Is that the issue? Can I answer neither? Is BYU a bat? Are you... You, you want to burn the Navy helmets? I don't want to burn the Navy. Oh, they're great. I'm an Air Force guy. Okay. Born on Air Force. BYU soccer is averaging 1.8 goals per game on the road this year in four matches, while averaging 5.1 goals per game at home. We just chronicled this with Greg Rubel. Over under three goals for BYU women's soccer tonight at San Francisco. Four. Exactly. Going to go over? San Francisco okay. has given up two in three different games. Never three this year. But BYU is going to put up... A four spot tonight. Ooh, okay. I, I've seen that field. It's turf, so it's very fast, right? And it's kind of tight quarters. You're still going to rock it. This is uh, this, this question is well put together because when I looked at the game, I was like, oh, they probably score three. Uh, if I got to go somewhere, I'm probably going to go over just because BYU scoring six and seven. They scored will, six at Gonzaga against a yes, ranked team. I know it's on the road, but will the nation's number one scoring offense score four? Yeah. We hope. Yeah. 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 Gun, ask Gonzaga and St. Mary's how, how it's going. Coming up, rise to shout out to a BYU Cougar getting it done in the pros. And we go deep blue with BYU running back Tyler Algier. Humility, hard work, and the hero that drives him behind the scenes. An amazing story on the way on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you like amazing volleyball, top 25, 8-0 in WCC, mega battles, like Pacific Rim style, Godzilla vs. King Kong, that's what San Diego and BYU is. Women's volleyball, Friday night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. It's going to be epic. One of six ranked teams on campus right now, or I guess I should say five, because BYU football dropped out. But they could be back in. Oh, my, they oh. could be back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Over Next Washington week. State, just three spots out. Go. Let's go. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. It is time to go deep blue with Tyler Algier, who's been overcoming the odds since birth and now plays 
for more than just himself. This is Deep Blue featuring the BYU star running back presented by Brady Industries, Simply Better. He's not one to ever talk about his hardships and struggles, but you know that that he's been through quite a bit. And but for a guy to go through all that and to love others and to serve others, he's a perfect fit for what we want here at BYU. I didn't want to have kids. I didn't at that time. I was only 25, <laughs> so I still was like, I wasn't married. Um, I was in a relationship, but I was like, okay, well, I'm not ready yet. So next thing you know, when I found out I was pregnant, so I was actually on birth control. So birth control didn't work. So then I ended up being pregnant. And like I said, it just, it was scary. But then I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'm already five months pregnant. I'm going to go ahead and have the child. His umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck. Ended up uh, getting choked out by the umbilical cord. So every time she pushed and all that, it was just like getting tighter and tighter. Next thing you know, after all this experience with what happened with him, I was just like, why is this happening to me? You know, I was like, I just want a healthy baby. You know, I wanted a healthy baby, but. Two doctors and five nurses and ran to in ICU and intubate him put him in the ventilator and connect to the art line with the umbilical cord to sustain the medication for blood pressure because his blood pressure was dropping down. So and then ended up being in the hospital for like a couple of weeks or whatnot. It was in God's hands at that point and like I said it just it felt so good to have my parents support. I was monitoring him when he grew up if I I see a sign of neurological status changes, but so far so good, knock on wood, God is looking after him. A couple of the hardships I know was um, his father, and unfortunately he wasn't a very big part of his life. The good thing and positive thing about that is he had so much love around him that it didn't bother him. So we only had like four rooms. We had a living room, my grandma's room, grandpa's room, and then all three of us stayed in a room. Had my mom and sister up top, and then I had a pull-out bed at the bottom. We were living there right there, shoot. I couldn't, I couldn't have asked for more and just grateful for my family just doing the most they can. Grandpa was basically his male um, father figure. With his dad not part of his life, it was just my dad was kind of like his best friend. Yeah, this my guy right there, so he always looked out for me, always looked out for me, you know, always slid me, slid me money on the side, you know. He was like, don't tell your grandma. I still haven't told her from this day, but now freaking she'll know, but. My husband named him T-Bone. Come on, T-Bone. I said, what rums is it? Why do you call me T-Bone? Because it's fit to your personality. <laughs> Being away from home, something foreign, doing the whole walk-on thing, it's not easy. And I don't think a lot of people know, but when he first came in, he was working the graveyard shift at Walmart to pay for school and everything. Yeah, so honestly, it was literally just taking the most out of every opportunity. I think that's kind of what I live on. And so I just literally just worked, worked super hard because I coached Lamb and all of them. They they have like best guys will be on the field, you know, that's that's what I strive to be. And then uh, just literally working my way from special teams, working my way up. He had a great sense of urgency to do anything it took to earn a scholarship. And again, I think that goes back to why he was willing to play defense. He was willing to play anything we needed him to do. He just wanted to prove his worth to earn that scholarship. And 
course, he's clearly done that now. He's, in my opinion, he's one of the best running backs in the country. All those long days and nights, you know, working and, and doing whatnot to, to get to where he is, I think it's definitely helped him, just motivate him and push him to another level. Sprinting to the end zone. Edge, the 30, the 25, the 20 comes inside 15. Tyler Algier with a touchdown, and the Cougars score. Tyler Algier runs it left and right into the end zone. Literally, when I left, you know, obviously leaving Gramps was hard enough, especially, but he was always just proud of me, especially just even getting the preferred walk on spot, just because I'll be the first to graduate from college and all of that. So that's a big, big thing for me. and. Losing him was for sure a big toll on me, so. I actually had to call Tyler around one o'clock in the morning and I told him, I think it's time. Put him Tyler in the peace, peace time. He was talking to his grandma. It's okay, Grams, to go. I'm here with you, talking to you. It really hurt him. He wanted to be here to hold his hand. My dad's last breath, Tyler was on the phone with us and everybody was there in the room and we basically said our last goodbyes. He was just doing his thing and then next minute he has cancer. You never expect that on your own, your own family, you know, just going through that. So literally just taking day, everything, literally everything, day by day and just making the most out of your opportunities that you have. When you go, leave the house, Say goodbye and kiss everybody, because you never know what's going to be happening. It breaks my heart, because I'm sure his grandpa would have been thrilled to see him play at the next level, because I believe wholeheartedly he has that talent and that caliber. It's been cool to see just the growth in him and understand like who he really is doing this for. So good luck, Tyler. Good luck, Tyler. Love you. Have you? What a story. Deep Blue with Tyler Algier. Heavy stuff. He's a special dude. Yes, and, he is. And uh, relationships are what matter in life, right? And uh, that relationship meant so much to him. Not having a father figure, having his grandpa. Hopefully grandma watched and realized he was getting money on the side, like you said, which is hilarious. He was doing graveyard shifts at Walmart as a walk-in. That is unbelievable. And playing linebacker. Yes. He deserves everything good that comes to him because he's worked so hard, right? And he's going to be an NFL running back. Yeah, last I checked, he's a fifth-round grade. He, that will be a life-changing event for himself and his family, which he has earned. Yeah, so happy for Tyler and his success, and I look forward to many more things. It's a great opportunity to watch him play every week. Absolutely, what a dude. Okay, coming up. What is BYU playing for in the Final Five? We'll uh, revisit it. And an elite goal scorer gets our rise and shout-out. We don't use that in vain. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. On the latest Deep Blue podcast, they talked to Mark and Leanne Pope about how the Indiana Pacers forward and David Letterman's assistant found each other. Yep, she was Letterman's assistant. Awesome. Great stories there. And how they've taught their family and team how to enjoy the journey of progress and learning. Listen to it on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Again, download the podcast. Lots of great stuff there. Our question of the day with five games left. 
What is BYU football playing for in the final five? Logan Bylock on Instagram says, you play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Thank sure. you. Okay. Thank, yep. Herm Edwards. Yep. Thank you. BYU beat Herm Edwards. BYU beat Herm Edwards. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, Dan Gerber, answers on Facebook. Play for each other. For the fans, for the love of the game. For Shreveport! That's the rallying cry. Man, they'll be motivated now. I drove past the Independence <laughs> Bowl in Shreveport this summer. Is it a stadium name? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Nice. Like the Rose Bowl? Yeah, it, gotcha. uh, it's a unique place for sure. I would love for BYU to play a team like UTSA or Coastal Carolina in a bowl game, especially if they're undefeated and unbeaten. Or Sorry, that's the same thing, undefeated and ranked. <laughs> Un- unbeaten is the soccer term when you tie. Right. Yeah. They are unbeaten because they're 3-0-4. Oh, okay. Yeah. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. I would like to give one to Ashley Hatch. Oh, yeah, dude. Who is leading the National Women's Soccer League in goal scored this year. She just tallied her 10th goal of the season last awesome, weekend. Awesome, dude. On top of the list. Well done, Ashley. That's great. Uh, Tyler O'Gia, obviously, for you know Deep Blue and the kind of guy he is. Also, we've, we've just learned that uh, a BYU volleyball ball boy named Jacob West mm. passed away recently in an accident uh, in southern Utah. Uh, so our thoughts and prayers are going out to Jacob uh, West's family, uh, one of the BYU volleyball ball boys. Yeah, there's a GoFundMe for Jacob uh, to help pay for uh, I'll tweet out the link expenses. We'll send out the link. Certainly send our love to him. Our thanks to today's guest, Greg Rubel. Sorry to Dennis, ran out of time. Conversation continues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSF. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Jamie Rendich-Beck. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. As a reminder, listen to BYU Women's Soccer tonight. On BYU Radio, 107.9 FM and the BYU Cougars app. Go Cougs.